Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. Welcome to Lawyers and Libations, episode 21 with Sarah and Rebecca. We're back. Well, you're back from a month-long uh, <laughs> change of residency to Colorado. Welcome I home. I did actually possibly move to Colorado. I, I really do love skiing a lot, but this one was fully work-related. So the first one was over the new year. So I don't know that that really counted because I actually started it the day after Christmas. It just ended in this new year. And then... That next one was the one that I took my brother on and went with my cousin, um, and that just kind of got funneled in there because that was the only time they could do it. Right. So, sadly, it ended up back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back ski trips uh, during the month of January. So, I just got back from uh, Beaver Creek Fail area, which was so much fun, and it's what's called a ski alley, which is a continuing legal education thing uh, for lawyers, which basically gives you an excuse to go learn an update on all of Georgia law in the morning. I I actually attended the seminar, Rebecca. What? In oh my God, I love that. Rebecca's the one who actually always attends the seminar and I just kind of go and hang out. But since she was not with me, I had to go and attend this. I got breakfast at like 7 fucking 30 in the morning. What? Yeah, I, oh my God, I love that. Look really at proud. you. I know. I was so proud of myself. Did you learn anything good? Uh, I learned some stuff. I was, yes, I learned the new evidence rules uh, in Georgia because I figured that's important to stay sharp on. Mm -hmm. So that was good. So we could argue with the judges whenever they deny our objections. Um, so I learned that. That was really good. I worked, learned about some apportionment. Uh, but so I was in Beaver Creek and it was so much fun. Uh, and But it, this was not like our normal, like our Georgia trial lawyers or our WCCL, the work comp claimant lawyers things i think to be like a trial lawyer you have to be eh, maybe 80 percent of a narcissist a lot of big personalities and they're a lot more wild right like mm -hmm. as you know everybody's trying to one-up each other this was not that this was like a lot of uh more senior members of our bar that practice in all different areas like there was not one workers comp person there there was like only a very small spattering of uh, personal injury lawyers and the rest of them were like corporate real estate family tax uh just much more on the straight and narrow transactional a lot of judges i was in the hot tub with like three judges they were all lovely. everybody was very well behaved it was not that was it was nothing like that but well, it's probably more of like what you think of when you think of an attorney you don't really think like <laughs> yeah unlike our disaster selves yes it is. It's much more like where you, like they probably wear suits to the office every mm -hmm. fucking day. Oh, I'm sure. Um, which sounds terrible. But um, the skiing was a little bit tricky. Uh, we had our friend Connor come in from Denver to come ski with me for a day because he lives in Colorado and he's a really good skier. And so um, we, it, there would, had been a bunch of snow the week before. Uh, and then there was a lot of pretty days that it got above freezing and then it iced back over. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of fucking ice. Fortunately, I grew Ugh, up skiing in North Carolina. So I'm used to ice. So I'm like, this is, this is my wheelhouse, bitches get out of the way. 
But um, we did, we found this one run that had like amazing powder and I was so excited about it. And I was like, oh, the powder, we found it. And then I realized we came to this lip uh, and it was like the soundtrack from The Empire Strikes Back because all of a sudden it was a fucking double black. Oh my gosh. And it was like skiing down the Empire State Building with moguls the size of fucking VW bugs. And I just looked at it and was like, eat a dick. You got to be fucking kidding me that I've got to get down this. I mean, like I considered just sitting down and saying, fuck it. But I'm like, I know I can get down this. It's just going to really hurt my legs to stay upright. And it did. And I went over into the trees for a while to kind of see, avoid it as much as I could. But the problem was, is it was moguls, steep, and then ice patches. Oh. And I was, and all I kept thinking is, don't tear your ACL again. Don't tear your ACL again. Please, God, don't let me tear my ACL. Definitely again. not in the middle of a double black diamond. No, I mean, how the fuck would they even get me down one of those toboggan things? You're not. Like, I would I guess literally. Connor could throw you on his back. I mean, he could. He is kind of manly. But um, I, I don't think that that would be a necessarily a safe decision. So I do still ski with my big ACL brace. Under, Fortunately, it's not completely horrendous and outside of my ski pants, but it's underneath my ski pants, so you can't tell. But, um, yeah, it was rough. Uh, and then I got, we skied with this, uh, our friend Charlie and his son, Jack, who was precious, who we actually took out of school for a couple of days and brought him there. And he was, he skis like Adeline. So he was mm -hmm. so much fun. And so the last run of the day, um, he was like, I really want to take you into this place called Coyote Glade. And I go, okay, Jack, let's go do it. And it's now at this point in time, I mean, like the lifts are closing. It's shady as shit. You can't see anything, which means you can't see moguls. And he's taking me down into the trees and it's me and his dad and Connor. And uh, I was just like, God, I don't think this is a very fucking good idea for me to go down here on the last run of the day. Like I'm tired. I've had some beers at lunch, maybe a bourbon. You know, it's just probably not the best idea to be going down. But um, we found a way out of it. But that little, that little ballsy nine-year-old or 10-year-old he was in it and he was like watch me i'm going down through the trees right they do get so cocky so we're going um we take the kids skiing every year we get a keystone and yes. so we go in two weeks i just booked like on my to-do list this week was making sure that like lessons were booked and equipment was done just so like we can speed in and just go straight to the mountain but hunter my oldest boy is like he's only been skiing for two years but he's so cocky and he's yeah. not scared of anything they're not. Well, I mean, like, number one, their little bodies bounce if they hit the ground mm -hmm. and pop back up. But also, they're so much closer to the ground. Like, you know, I, I mean, than we are. We're, oh, yeah. I no mean, fear. like, if I, I haven't fallen since, knock on wood, I haven't fallen since I tore my ACL in Canada. And that was the first time I'd fallen in probably three years before that. So I'm like, I'm like, I'll go 45, 50 miles an hour as long as I can see that it's not choppy, yeah. right? Like, and it's fine, but I'm not going to do anything super stupid. I don't jump. I'm not doing moguls all the time. Hunter jumps. Going, it makes me uh -uh. crazy. Well, see, but I used to when I was little. Adeline yeah. does it too. She tries to find every fucking jump that she can. Yeah. I'm like, stop doing that. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, you're going to die and I'm going to see it. Like, yeah. I'm not okay with that. Well, and I will say, uh, even though most kids bounce back pretty quickly from um, ski injuries, this kid, I was coming, Connor and I were up on the lift and we looked over and this snowboarder had taken out this kid that was probably, I don't know, 10. And it was on a super steep icy thing. And he was fucking face down screaming. I mean, blood curdling scream. His ski was like up further up. One was maybe still attached. I'm not sure. The snowboarder was face down too. I mean, like he was done for it. I was like... Can anybody come rescue these four people? Like, this is not going well. I'm like, hang on, honey, it'll be okay. I felt so <laughs> fucking bad. 
Um, but uh, just to wrap up the ski thing, so at the Ritz, I know, I think we had talked about this earlier, maybe in a podcast episode, but when we all went skiing together on our annual girls trip, remember when everybody yard sailed it coming down from uh, the Ritz mm-hmm. at Bachelor? Oh my God, yes. So we all left the Ritz bar. Um, in can, the dark. In the complete dark. There's no lights or anything. So you can only go by the snow. And everybody, had, this is probably around 7 8 o'clock at night. And we'd been there since three. Right? Yeah, the lifts close at three or four there. So, yeah, yeah we'd been at the bar for a um, For a, a, a good hot minute. Um, and so we all decided to ski down because it's going to be fun and hysterical. And uh, so I go and I kind of like go off to the side to make sure you guys don't go around that big corner and go into the ravine. And then you and I think Callie ate it too. She like yard sailed it. it mm-hmm. a lot of, several of our members of our good girl group. Uh, yard sailed it where everything went everywhere. I think you were looking for your Amex for a while. I thought I'd lost my Amex on the mountain. <laughs> I found it actually shoved in a purse recently. <laughs> See? There it is. It's still there. But I thought for sure it was in Beaver Creek. Yeah, uh, on that mm-hmm. run um, where everybody ate it. So one of the speakers for the CLE that we were at, she... Um, I was telling her the story because we were going to ski down. She was like, I just don't understand how anybody could really yard sail it on because it's pretty flat. She hit a patch of ice. She totally jinxed herself, hit a patch of ice, and face first popped down on it. And she, I like came around the corner to where she was. She is dripping blood (gasps) out of her nose, busted up her lip. I was like, oh my God, are you okay? She was like, I actually, she was like, I think I jinxed myself. She totally jinxed herself. She did. And then I'm sitting at the bar uh, at the Eagle Airport, and I'm talking to this guy who was out there on a guy's trip. And he goes, well, actually, the the guy whose house we were staying got hurt really badly um, yesterday because I was going to ski this morning. And I go, oh, God, what did he do? And he goes, well, we were skiing down from the Ritz. And I go, shut the fuck up. He goes, It's the most dangerous. I didn't fall. I think I fell twice last year, and that was my most painful and unexpected. Oh, it was bad. And it's scary because it's dark. So then you can't find anything. anything. I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to be eaten by a grizzly bear. Yeah, you were, you were less, you were less than pleased by the time you got down to our shuttle. But um, this guy, he broke his collarbone and fractured three ribs because he was like, you know, kind of booze hounded up and he was skiing. He got to the flat part and he was skiing backwards, you know, like having fun, Mm -hmm. caught a fucking edge, done. I was like, they should put a warning sign, like as you peel out of the back of that Ritz. They should do like, like a because it, it is an easy run. Breathalyzer. They should like mandatory breathalyzer. If you're over a point two zero, you're not going down this fucking hill. Don't do it. You definitely can't drive, and you probably should definitely not ski don't down. fucking ski down. I mean, like maybe a point one is fine, uh, but uh, yeah, nope. Not more than point two oh and generally if you're leaving at that point in time, you're fucked up. Oh, yeah. So Well, um, I am so glad that Callie and I are not the only two people that almost died. No. Well a bit, in that area. I maybe I'm bad luck. I don't know. Maybe it's just people that ski with me fucking eat it going down that thing. But again, the guy that I talked to at the bar, his friend, like, I mean Man. screwed. Andy's got apparently three little babies at home <gasps> that he's not going to be able to pick up. His wife's going to fucking Now she's going to have four kids. Yeah. I bet she can't wait. Uh, I'm sure. She's so <laughs> happy. Um, so, but yes, it was wonderful. I got back last night. I actually flew back early because um, Adeline has her first middle school dance tonight. Oh, sweet. Um, so I changed my flight because that popped up. You know, they plan those things mm-hmm. last minute and then they fuck your entire schedule and you have to come home and spend a bunch of money to get home early. Um, but so that's tonight at six. So looking forward to it. Um, but I did hear you went out last night and I'm very sad that I was not 
able to join you because I was phased down in my bed, but um, you got locked out of your house? I did. You know, I can't decide if my family does this on purpose at this point. <laughs> um, I wasn't even out late. I was out, you know, had some bourbon, forgot to eat dinner, may have had a late appetizer to pull myself together. Did you have an espresso martini? No, just okay. bourbon and tequila. No espresso martinis. Mm -mm. Bourbon. My dream. Um, I really like bourbon. You know, I'm warming up to it. Ryan's it. pushing it on me. Like, he, he'll he give me one a weekend just to see if I'll warm yes. up to it. Um, but no, I get home. You know, it had been pouring rain all week, but it was warm. And, like, when you come up my front steps, like, to get around the back, you have to walk through the grass. And it's like a, like a wet sponge. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. gross. Yep. Um, so the front door's locked. And so then, like, I walk around and try everything. Can't get anywhere. So we've got this really small dog door. You've gone through that dog I've door been there before. before. But I had on this pantsuit that I really liked. And so, like, I started, like, I had, like, one shoulder and my head through. And then I was like, I'm going to rip my pantsuit. Yeah, no. Nobody has, Could you have taken off all of your clothes and gone through naked? Conceivably. But I did not want my children to find me naked and dead. <laughs> passed out. <laughs> and a talk door. Like, when you passed out, uh, remember, you actually, because you couldn't get through, so you fell asleep on, you just, like, put some of your little, like, porch cushions over you, and you just snuggled up. Yeah, well, I had on a nun costume. Yeah, so I was kind of warm, costume. and then yes. I just got under pillows. Yeah. God, that was amazing. So I was, like, I was back and forth. I was like, well, should I just, it's only 11. Do I just go to Johnny's and see if anybody I know is there? Like, will you take me home with you? I'm a really good dancer. I think that Ryan would murder you. Oh, he would kill me. Yeah. So eventually I was like, well, I'm just going to have to call him. But I didn't want to call because I didn't want to wake up the puppy. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm locked down. I've been walking around the house for the last 25 minutes and I might go to Johnny's. And he was like, I'll come down and get you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go to Johnny's because I know some of my friends are actually there. I'm probably going to drink too much and make yep. poor decisions. So see you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like, hopefully Jessica's there and I can go spend the night with her. Yes. Um, But it would have been funnier if you called them when you were naked and halfway through the dog door and been like, Ryan. I'm actually halfway through the dog door, just my upper torso, and my lower torso's out the back, and I'm naked. Please come help me. Can you come get me? You know, he definitely shamed me in front of the kids this morning, because where the dog door is is now where Jack's, like, big food container and stuff is, and then it all been, when I tried to come through, like, I had to push it all out of the way. And so, in front of the kids, he goes, it looks like an animal tried to get in last night. Like, all of Jack's stuff's been knocked over. <laughs> like, what do you think it was? What do you think happened? And they just smiled and looked at me, and I was like, you're such a jackass. Why don't you just Everybody say, knows it was mom. Yeah, can we, I'm getting you a Heideke. For I birthday. should get a Heideke. I'm going to get actually three Heidekes. <laughs> I'm going to put them around, and I'm not going to tell you where I put them. That way they don't get moved. I'm going to put them somewhere, and then every time that you're locked out, you call me, and I'll just be like, okay, this is where this one yeah, is. There's another one hidden in. here. Yeah, because I'm... Or you're going to have to get a video because uh, I'm going to need to see security footage of you trying to get through the fucking thing. So it's either I get you a hide a key or you provide me with entertainment. Ryan may have a secret video out there. I have no idea. <laughs> He's waiting to blackmail me. He probably does. <laughs> um, so today uh, we have, tell us about our guest today. Oh, we have one of our favorite people, Who Frank Burns. More than anything in this life. He's phenomenal. Like a local Atlanta celebrity. He is. Everybody loves Frank. Um one of the best workers' compensation attorneys in the he state. Is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, great golfer. Great fun golfer. Great's a strong <laughs> word, but fun golfer. He is entertaining. Uh, we actually golf with him a lot, and one of our really good friends, Brian Bucklew, and Brian Bucklew gets so fucking annoyed because he's so serious about golf. He's like scratch golfer, and Frankie's always late 
to arrive. And so now he makes threats. He's like, if you're, if you miss when we're like leaving what our tea time is, fuck you, you're not coming. Like he just told him he's not allowed to golf with him anymore. And if he talks, he said that Frank's not allowed to golf with us either because, well, we get chatty. Yeah. Well, heaven forbid you have fun on the golf yeah. course. Frank is fun to chat with, which yeah. is why he'll be such a fun guest today. Yeah. So, so you guys are going to meet him in just a few minutes. I don't know what kind of drink he's bringing, uh, but I can't wait for you to meet Frank Burns. All right. See you soon. Welcome back to Lawyers and Libations. We are so excited to have our friend Frank Burns with us. Welcome back, Frankie, with us. We love Frankie. Thank you, ladies. Thank Appreciate you. that very much. Um, I was a little nervous about coming out here with house. <laughs> were you I'm, worried about what we were going to ask you or what? Very much so. And I did make you sign a, some sort of confidentiality <laughs> clause. But It's only between us and our listeners. Exactly. Yes, That's what matters. I'm sorry. Go with God. Good luck. Right. Well, and I like that you strategically matched your shirt to your, your baby blues. Oh, I did do that, mm-hmm. didn't I? Yep, you did. You mm-hmm. do have pretty baby blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, oh. you're not wrong. I appreciate you saying um, that. It's, it's like, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, uh, so we've known Frankie for a really, really long time. I've known you since I, I had defense cases with you. So Frank has, uh, tell me us a little bit about your law firm. Well, first thing I want to say is when I, when I had my practice, I had a great associate attorney that worked for me for eight years. It was just killing it for me. And the next thing I know, I hear that he's leaving the <laughs> law firm. And this woman named Sarah Stottlemyre was going to steal my best lawyer. I mean, so. you know, okay. So I, in all fairness, I was starting my own law firm. Uh, and he was very excited to start his own firm. And so he was like, well, let's join up. And I'd had my own firm for like, I don't know, three months, four months. And then uh, I had my daughter. So I was on maternity leave, but still handling all of my cases, uh, and he handled his own cases. And when I came back from maternity leave, he decided to go to Morgan & Morgan. Uh, we've all worked with this person. Yes, you <coughs> have. You know, oh, yeah, I didn't realize uh-huh. he was with you first, Frank. Well, hold on a second. Oh, he was with that, Frank forever. That's not the story. Okay, tell me the story. Okay, what really happened was... I can't wait to hear the story. This person worked for me for, for, like I said, eight years. My first associate did a great job. With southern cases, you know, right and left, I'd hired another lawyer or two, and this this guy. Was they were also good lawyers. Good lawyers, good Great lawyers. lawyers. And I was I was proud of him. And I remember when he came to me, he was, said he was going to leave. And I said, you know, I feel like you're my son. You're going to go out and start your own firm, and things are going to go great. And I was happy. And then he tells me he's going with you, and I'm going, huh, Stottlemyre. She's kind of hot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> why are you going with Stottlemyre? Because she's actually a good lawyer and started over for a break. And nothing about my appearances, you jackass. I know, sorry, okay. but but I was happy about it until Rob goes with her for about I don't know three months, three days. She's pregnant. Rob leaves and goes to Morgan and Morgan, uh-huh. which is kind of a nem- you know a nemesis. It's, it's, for me it is a strong enemy to most workers' comp. Right. Uh, Attorneys. I mean, we love the attorneys that work there. They're fantastic. But the firm itself, that's where Rebecca came from. I'm not allowed to discuss it. You can't talk about that. <laughs> per legal things that, that may uh, have occurred I'm after her departure with my I'm not permitted to discuss. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have good friends. I, I like Morgan Morgan. I still have great friends No, we now, like but the, some of the attorneys that work there. We true. love them. They're fantastic. Morgan and Morgan can suck a dick. Continue on. Though. But I was mad. I was mad about that particular <laughs> thing happening. But... <laughs> Um, so just real quick, I, I did defense, I did defense work for 15 years, started and, and y'all, y'all know this, um, 
got tired of that, went over to the claimant side. And it, I've been doing this now for 24 years, I think. And I remember there were a few lawyers that didn't like the fact that I was a defense lawyer. Right. And wouldn't bring me into the fold. I won't mention his name. I, try, I really won't. <laughs> I but, was like... Um, but, but he's a good friend now. Uh-huh. But that always bothered me because I was committed to, to do claimants' work, and I love doing what I do, and it's way more fun, and I get to hang out with people like y'all and and drink. Yes. Speaking of drinking, what did yes. you bring us today? Well, I brought um, a couple of drinks. Yes. The first one and the most important is this bottle here called Fireball. <laughs> uh, there seems to be a theme uh, on our podcast that involves Fireball. I have no idea why. I mean, I love Fireball. It, I mean, it's not bad. All right, so we're going to take a shot of this first. We are going to do this, okay. and then okay. I'll, right. I'll share with everybody. And then what else did you bring? I also brought some Whistle Pig. Yes, now that I love. Yeah, I am. A, I'm warming up to this bourbon thing. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, I couldn't love that more. So did you guys actually hear the lawsuit that was filed um, against Fireball, the little tiny ones, by a guy who's basically claiming false advertising because the tiny um, bottles are actually made of malt liquor and not the whiskey itself. That's what was going on, and it was successful, and they had to fucking pay him money because he was pissed off, I guess, that he wasn't actually getting Fireball whiskey. I would be mad now, about that, too. This says right here... It clearly says it's... Cinnamon whiskey. whiskey. So I think that maybe they either changed the formula, so it is actually the ones that come in the big bottles, but as far as these, which is why you could get them at the grocery store in a lot of different places that only sold liquor in liquor stores. So uh, it ended up that it was true that it was a malt liquor beverage instead of actual whiskey. Interesting. Right? Fascinating. Well, I'm super excited. You know so much about that. I'm impressed. That's why you drink it so much. I don't drink it that much. I only drink it when skiing or if I'm on the podcast. So just right. real quick before I propose Uh-oh. a toast, Uh-oh. the reason I love Fireball with these two ladies, and I sent y'all some for Christmas, right? You got did. that? We yes. may have actually, we actually had that on the them. podcast. Yeah, we had them on the podcast. <laughs> but we played a round of golf. We played a round of golf with the judge. I wanted to, to play with the judge because that's what I like to do, and these two young ladies felt like they needed to play together. I knew it was dangerous. <laughs> and they paid one of the one of the um, guys working in the golf club 50 bucks to go get liquor. They closed the fucking bar on the turn. Okay, but we have to let's take the shot. I right, take a shot. Here we go. Okay. Cheers. Right. Cheers. 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 Love Cheers. you guys. Ooh, baby. Love our golf games. This is fun. Ooh. Oh. Fantastic. Jesus tits. You know okay. I didn't get to brush my teeth after lunch mm. with these braces. It sucks, but I think that just it up. Okay, so really quickly to talk about that fucking terrible round of golf that we played because they had reseeded the course. It was one of the courses on St. Simons. They had just reseeded it, and they kept fucking putting on the sprinklers before every time we'd fucking hit. So we would hit, number one, we were in fucking, like, should have been in galoshes because it was three inches of water. So we'd hit the fucking ball, and it would go into the air, and then it'd go plunk, and it'd sit there in this pond of fucking water. So, and it's like kind of raining. Rebecca and I, we come to the turn. It was the longest round of golf we've ever played in our life. It was like six fucking hours. Well, we weren't going very fast, which is why I think at the turn, the bar was closed. The bar was closed. I mean, it was possibly pitch black outside by mm-hmm. this point in time. So the bar is closed. So we run into the cart boys. And we may have sparkled our own baby blues. And- yeah. 
Where like hi, uh, Rebecca gave them her credit card, which could have been used for many other things. Who who, who knows what they knows? bought? We did tell them to get them a little little something for mm-hmm. themselves. It's like um, I want skinny long drinks, Fireball, maybe a and pack a bunch of heaters. heaters. Yeah, maybe a pack <laughs> of heaters. So we have uh, again Frank and one of the judges is uh, behind us. And we were just like, fuck it. We're going to skip this hole and we're just going to drink and chief heaters because I'm, it was fuck. It was the longest golf game in the history of golf ever. Well, I was trying to protect y'all to the judge, by the way. And, and he was new. He was a new judge and very nice. And I said, oh, you know, they're just back there having fun. And you look back and these <laughs> girls are taking shots, taking selfies. They're you know, way back. And the, other guys are trying to drive to the ball, they, and they, you know, and I say, girls, come on! And then finally, I, I have this vivid memory of y'all. <laughs> the judge and I were like, you can go up the hole. And, We'd had and enough. Y'all, and y'all said, we're just going to drive over here for a minute, and they they just veered off. You just veered off to the side, uh-huh. and that was it. That's whenever we went and found our cart boys, and then we got buck and booze uh, delivered to us because nobody has time for this fuckery. You can't. I literally had to go to the golf course maintenance people and go. Hey, man, can you stop turning on the sprinklers before we fucking tee off from each hole? Like, it'd be cool if you did it maybe after, right? Because I don't really think there's fucking anybody behind us. I think we were the last people to play today. Well, So can you just wait? That'd be awesome. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I was like, but are you fucking sorry? Because I don't think you are. I do think the judge had fun, though, because to this day, like, when we're conversational, he's kind of joking around. He's like, remember that time y'all sent those golf cart boys out to go buy all a bunch of booze on the course i'm like yeah i remember that sorry i think he actually respected our dedication you know we which means it which means we are dedicated and passionate about the things we want in life and at that point in time we wanted some more booze and the bar was closed so you know what we made it happen Mm -hmm. i think that that shows dedication. this this judge was extremely well uh, the next year called the judge and said judge we need to play golf again it'll be fun and we don't have to bring those two girls. Oh, go fuck yourself. That is, he loves and both he, of And he, no, he stopped me. He said, no, Frank, they're coming. See? All told right. You. Uh-huh. I think we're very fun to play I'm golf. Like, y'all, we y'all, are y'all fun. Are to, we don't need to bring those girls. You fucking we, Judas. We always, we always have fun. So. We did. Anyway, it was great. So, yeah, so we also play golf with our friend, again, Brian Bucklew that we were talking about. And Bucklew is a fucking phenomenal golfer. He gives us all lessons. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely scratch golfer. And, uh, but he yells at Frankie more than, he, he yells at you more than he yells at me, which is really refreshing. I couldn't love that yeah. more. Well, he just pledged that he was never going to play with the both of us at the same time because we were both... According well, to Frankie him. chats and then he chats to me and obviously I chat back. I'm not going to ignore Frankie while we're playing golf. That'd exactly. be fucking rude. Um, but now he he was on it. We were on a text text thread today and you know what? Couldn't stay away. He wants us all four back. He's again. so jealous. He's so very bad. jealous that you're here today. He misses that. I know because it's fun as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so his two sons are the ones. Uh, this is Brian Bugaloo, but his two sons are the ones that are actually helping coach Adeline and for her goalie stuff. They're doing extra training. How old are they? <laughs> uh, I mean, of age. One's 22. Uh, he is absolutely precious and just graduated from Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And then one is 28. Oh, uh, so he's... He is... at Georgia. So he falls within the appropriate range to apply <laughs> to be your boyfriend. He does. Uh, he, yeah. A Jack could... Yeah, he could probably apply to be my boyfriend. I, he's very precious. Frank, how old are your boys? Brooksy, though, doesn't... Does anybody like Brooksy? Maybe? I think Brooks is precious, but Brooks is 22 years old. That is so 
so very young. So I was thinking that maybe Adeline could date Brooks in a couple years, and then I could date Jack, and then Bucklew could be, we could be sisters-in-law, and <laughs> Bucklew could be our father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal. How fucked up is that? I'm a bad person. But anyway, he would be kind of so funny. mad. He would lose his mind. murder. Yeah, he would murder, actually. Bucklew saw a picture of my mom one time, uh, and... I'm just, I'm just gonna tell this story. So Buckaloo uh, saw a picture of my mom one time, and I was FaceTime with this when Brian and I were just becoming best friends, and we were at Fado, and he was like, "Oh, Grandma Jules, well she's pretty hot." And I looked at him and go, "What the fuck, man?" It's <laughs> like that's my mom. He's like, "I mean, she's really pretty." I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, my mom is stunning." Now, granted, this was probably ten years ago. My mom's now eighty, so uh, that would be fucking weird. Uh, but Buckaloo's in his sixties, so I mean. He's actually closer to my mom's age than he is to me. Just throwing that out there. Um, but I go, Buckaloo, if you try and hit on my mom or sleep with my mom, I was like, I will sleep with your son. <laughs> Just wow. so we're clear. That's and he goes, no, fuck no, it didn't. You know what he said? He goes, thank God. I've been looking for an older woman to take him under her, his fucking wing. And I was like, God damn it. Oh, that was God. not the reaction that I expected. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to crawl up on that cross right now and just throw myself out there as exposed. But yes, I was like, if you go after my mom, I will go after your son. And then he was like, thank God. I was like, you're actually a bad person, man. And so that's how I knew that we became fast friends. I was like, well, you're as fucked up as we are. And he's very good looking. So that means Super that Jack, too, will be very good looking when you're 110 and he's pushing you around in your wheelchair. <laughs> you're such a dick. <laughs> when I'm 110, Jack would be, he's only... 17 years younger than me. He's 28. 28, 43, he's really 45. Just, is he 28? I thought he was younger than No, me. he's 28. He's 20, maybe he is. He's 28, and Brooks is 22. And Brooks is so precious and lovely, but Brooks is 22. So when Adeline's 20 and he's 30, or when Adeline's 22 and he's 32, they could maybe get together. Oh, yeah. That's a good... Well, you know, that's a big deal to be able to, to hang out and have fun with the mother and the daughter. You would know something about this. Place. I've just heard that. <laughs> um, Frank, I don't feel like you've just heard that. I'm going to so. have to get in on this whistle pig. Yeah, really. Funny story. So Frank, uh, it's, so Frank is not only obviously a brilliant lawyer and uh, uh, very involved in the workers' comp system in Georgia. He serves on the rules committee. He has been for a really long time as a stalwart on that committee and has done a lot of really great things and pushed a lot of great legislation and rule changes in for injured workers in Georgia. And we'll get to that um, in a few minutes after we talk about Frank's love of women. Because uh, you, you just you just segued us in, so I'm not going to let that moment slide. Uh, as far as mothers and daughters, Frank, you have always loved women. Women have loved you. Both. Would you say that's accurate? You know, my mom, she <laughs> she taught me to love everybody. Uh-huh, equally. She, she e equally. You love women more than you love men, though. She, she did. Yes, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. I've never been accused of that. No. <laughs> in, in all my days and all my life. But it's um, back in my past life, I'll say. Yes, you did have a wild past life, which I would like to touch on. I did. And it was, it was not a bad life. I was... I was, I was often talked about sometimes. In, um, um, not in bad ways. Sometimes in bad ways. Well, if it was, we would stick up for you. Well, if that ever happened, but I have not heard anyone say anything negative about you. It was mostly the women. 
Oh, yeah, that could be true. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, None of your, I don't know any of your ex-women, so. Yeah. yeah. but um, I've met a couple of them. I've met them while they were dating. Yes. Correct. Calling it dating. Correct. That's good. Well, you know, it's, it's, just a t- <laughs> it's a touchy subject because I just, I felt like, I, I, you know, all my friends, a lot of my friends were together, married, and, girl, you know, had girl, girlfriends and whatnot, and then, um, and then all of a sudden, I just, I've always just, I like, I, I like pretty women. Yeah. And that's why I agreed to come today. <laughs> I mean, what You do, what? do love women. I do. You do. I know you do. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's phenomenal. Um, you have, all right, so there is a place in Atlanta, and again, this is back to your history when you were a little bit more wild because Frank has now found a very lovely woman that he adores um, and is actually full-blown monogamous with, which I couldn't love that more. But in Frank's Wilder days, so there is a place in Atlanta which it is uh, for the more sexually liberated called Trapeze. So I've heard about this club multiple times. There's a couple guy friends that I used to say, let's go to Trapeze and we'll just check it out. Like, I wasn't going to bang these guy friends, but we were going to walk around in our towels because I want to see what goes on. So you have been to Trapeze multiple times. I know this on good authority. And... I want to know what goes on at that swinging sex club. Share it. Well, I will answer the question first that I've allegedly. Al- yes, allegedly. I'm that, sorry. Yes. Been to that allegedly, club. you've heard what goes on there. Right. So share with us. Well, what's what's interesting about the place, truthfully, is that it's it, there's two of them. There's one in Miami, and one in Atlanta. There's it, one in Miami. Yeah, one I in bet Atlanta. that one has better looking. Uh, I don't know. This one's rated pretty high. Is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Okay. And and the reason is this. Allegedly. It, it allegedly. The reason it is is that. Um, it, it, when you first walk in, first of all, it's um, BYOB. You bring your own liquor. Right. Bring your because own booze. Because it would be very market. expensive to have a sex club yeah. that has a liquor license. Exactly. And it's uh, <laughs> fairly expensive for the guys, and it's uh, not so expensive for the women. How cheap? Was a couple. I don't remember exactly what the cost. And then you can become a member. You can become a full member, and that gives you access to the VIP. What's the VIP? Allegedly, it's um, a nicer area in the very back. Uh-huh. Where you get invited to come back, you have your own locker room. You have your own your own locker your room. Own, well, it's a nicer locker room. Okay, so so let me let me go through the whole spread. You come in, yeah, and it looks like any regular bar. They got you know they got they a, have a buffet. Whole, they have a very good. I told buffet. they have a good buffet. Good I, buffet. Don't they have like some breakfast buffet at some? Yeah, point they have that going on. See, I've yeah. heard this, Rebecca. This is why I was like, I need to go fucking trapeze and put on a See towel any. and eat some pancakes. <laughs> So then they have a nice little L bar there. And I usually go sit at the bar for a bit and hang out and have a drink. Allegedly. Allegedly. Because you're scoping. I'm scoping. And then yep. I, oh, I forgot about As this. As one should. I forgot about this. One time there was this really nice waitress that I met that I kept going back to get my booze. And she we kind of chatted. And maybe she got my telephone number. Did you ask her what time she was getting off? Well, we went out later. But. That was, um, and she was a very nice. Literally and figuratively. She, she, she was. She was what not time were you getting off? I, I forgot about that part. But so you, I would have drinks there with yeah. my friends. Yeah. A, a couple times I brought two friends. Uh huh. I don't know any of those people. No, you don't. And I actually do know those people. Uh, I don't think you. Maybe you do. Continue on. So you, you have drinks there. If you want to go dance a little bit, you can. If you have some food, but then eventually you, you have dance. To, yeah, they got they got a dance floor out there. Is it a Re- good dance floor? Rebecca's no, like, like cold please. Oh, for real. Rebecca, you I mean you've been to Johnny's with Rebecca. Rebecca is a dancer. You we would should be, go you do would, this. I'm a pancake eater. You're a dancer. Love this dancing. could work out. You would get a lot of attention. 
especially if you came back from the inner sanctum i call it with your towel wrapped around you and you just dance (laughs) can you take your towel off oh yeah on the dance floor you can you said that from time to time are people so they're like hanging out naked well so so then wait so you come in and you hang out in the inner sanctum yes and then and then you have to go back into the inner sanctum but before you do that you go back in the locker room and you have a person that takes you to your locker. They give you a key. You take all your clothes off. You've got to drop your phone. No phones allowed. No phone. The phone's dropped in the locker room. Have you been? No, but I've heard. Okay. I know I've gotten all the information. I've thought about going multiple times. Like planned it with guy friends to be like, let's just go. We'll show up as a couple so people aren't going to try and bang me. And then we'll just walk around and check it out. But we haven't actually done it. Hey, sweetheart, we're never going to go. Well, we might just go just to watch, okay? No, so, not you and I. Oh, Jack. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my girlfriend. Oh, so. yes, your girlfriend and you should Okay. Go. No, you guys should not go. That would be bad, but continue on. She seems very normal. All right, so you take all your clothes off completely, wrap a towel around you, and you go back, open the doors. And then on the other side is another bar where they deliver your liquor to, and you sit at that bar, and most people are naked. Just naked sitting at the bar. Naked sitting at the bar. And guys have the towel around them, and then sometimes things will happen. But then behind you, <laughs> Becca's face. <laughs> I love this shit. I'm like, tell me more, Rebecca. We should probably go on like a um, uh, to, like undercover. Yeah, to discover <laughs> it. We need to do, go do research on this weird sex club. Like, I think on. y'all. I, I think you could. I mean, you can just go there and watch if you want. Yeah. Girls get in free, and there are a lot of watchers. I've been. There are a lot of people like to watch, and if it's a guy and a girl. And it's They're voyeurs. Hot girl, they like to watch. Voyeurs and exhibitionists. So the people who were involved in the Eiffel Tower at GTLA, they could go, and then we could go watch it instead of it being in a hallway. Were they naked? Yeah. I, oh, I don't fucking know. We I don't didn't know. see the video. I have no idea. I just okay. know that. But it are the people hot? Like, it, well, here's the thing. You need. You that's have my to fear. go on a Saturday. You cannot go because that's couple nights. Couple okay. night. You can only go in if you're a couple or a single female. There's oh, okay. No I was like, so dudes. Rebecca and I would have to be if we'd be a couple. Yeah, y'all go into. Oh my God, they bring y'all in. Y'all, that'd make you. You know, they put you back to VIP. Oh, good. See, yeah, that's I bet, nice. I bet the Monday Tuesday crowd's pretty rough. The Monday, Are you barefoot, oh, yeah. or do you need to like wear sandals so you don't get like hand foot like mouth warts? Disease? It depends how you feel, but they keep it. There. <laughs> <laughs> they keep it pretty clean. <laughs> God, I love this. Okay, so oh, you've got the inner sanctum. So people, there's a bar there, and then there's different rooms, right? Are Correct. there rooms where people are actually just banging it out? You have group rooms, large group rooms. Oh. Where, yes, where you can it's like go like a in. Roman orgy. Pretty much. You go in there, but you have your little area, and there's two or three people in there, and they're hanging out, and sometimes there'll be some intermingling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And then you have private rooms where you can go to and invite people back. Do those doors lock? Or oh, Yeah, they close up. They close up. But do they lock? Like, am I going to be no. able to keep the exhibitionists from watching people, me? People can walk in if they want to. Okay, so Well, no. but no one really does. Oh, okay. So, um... And then you Surprise! <laughs> I couldn't love this. And there's part. one huge room that you go into where it's just wide open, um, where you have a lot of people hanging out. The music's playing really well, and they're not rocking and knocking. And are a bunch um, of people on ecstasy? Possibly. Probably. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Probably. I mean, this sounds like that show Spartacus. That was. Uh, yeah, but that was in that was a Roman time. But it sounds like a Roman times, like it definitely big does. naked just party. A big naked orgy big naked party so tell me about the vip area where's that like way back the vip's in the back but the good thing about the vip area is, is you go back there and you wear just regular clothes you're like at a regular bar not with the public up mm-hmm. front but in the back and then so oh, is it the pretty people versus mm. the ugly people well, it can be well. yeah 
and, and there's a and there's a lot of uh, a lot of regulars that go there. So I should be offended if I don't get invited to the VIP room. A lot of what that goes back there? <laughs> regulars. All the regulars go back there. People that have been going okay. there for a long time and they People know each that other. People that are and the m- members, mm. allegedly. The, the, the members, allegedly. Now, I've talked my way back there before. And oh, of some course. Cash. I'm yes, I'm sure you did not flash a badge of any sort that no, has your not. permanent no. <laughs> picture was, on it and code like, to get in the door. But okay, so then the VIP room, you're in regular clothes? In regular clothes, or you're dressed up really sexy and pretty, the ladies are. And then if you choose to go back to the fancy locker room, you can. And then you go back to different rooms. And some people decide you're sitting at the bar having a cocktail with your clothes on. And there's a couple over there just getting at it right there in front of you. And you're going, that oh, a boy. Get it done. They get it done, yeah. I get feel like done. I can I high five people? <laughs> like if I'm like, good effort. A plus. Like, can I rate them? We could bring cards. It could be like five. It'd be like the Olympics. Seven, <laughs> nine, ten. Nice. This move. would be amazing. We should do that. Yeah, like thrust harder, change your angle. Oh, God. I mean <laughs> I'm gonna make cards and we're gonna go. Frankie. I'm blushing. But, um, Are we allowed to show up with cards <laughs> that we can rate people? It to. would be fun. I'm whatever. sure they'll love it. Yeah, so yeah. I always thought, actually, whenever you talked about this trapeze place, that it was actually a trapeze place. But I do think trapeze is just Wait, like, you mean like they would hang off I and do they exercises? Were, like yeah, aerial yeah. exercises? I it was, <laughs> but do you think that maybe that's code for swingers? Well, that would be at the BDSM <gasps> club. That's in town. God, you're way smarter than me. I didn't even when make I wanted that. Wait, say that again? Do you oh. think trapeze is like code word? Because it's like ah, a it's swinging. swinging. See, she's way smarter than both that's of us put together, Frankie. Never thought about it. I, I wonder if that's she what it is. Shit like she this. is she comes up and she's like, she's super smart. that actually yeah. is a Deep good thoughts by Rebecca. I definitely thought people were actually on swings, like no. at Mako's back in the day. You mean like a, a sex swing? Or like I mean, a it's just kind of like trapeze. you know, like at Mako's, you could get on the swing do and like swing across the floor. In, um, they do not. They do not have one of those BDSM rooms either. Um, oh, but you know what? There's a place on Cheshire Bridge that does. What the fuck is it called? It's real weird. Um, I'll, I'll give you. I'll tell you about it later. I can't remember <laughs> the name of it, but it's some club. It's a sex store that's like four stories tall and has a club. And then has a BDS room, and then has like. Sex oh, it's right near uh, the place I like to eat. It uh, may or may Hill. not be. Yep. Yep. Valentino's. Uh, yep. Valentino's. Yep. That's yep. it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. And there used to be a place in Atlanta called the Dungeon, that was like. Uh, did you know about this? It was a weird uh, sex club BDSM thing. But I was, bond. What what is what is BDSM? Sadomasochism. But what is it? The. Bondage. Bondage, domination. Domination. I found this on the web. Oh. <laughs> See, there's my... Um, masochism. My masochism. Sadomasochism. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, did my iWatch is Did literally just tell you exactly what? She actually <laughs> did find it on the web. She was super excited about it. Um, what my, a good Apple Watch. Yeah, my Apple Watch is like, so let me tell you what that BDSM is. stands for. But so the, there was a place called The Dungeon. Um, I know this... I've, since uh, I don't know, closed down several years ago, but I was also very interested to go check that place out. Again, I'm too worried really about STDs and stuff to like really partake in a lot of these things, of these things, but I want to go check it out and see what goes on. It could be phenomenal. No, the thing about these places, you can't go and not participate. I mean, there are a lot of folks that do that, and I've done that a lot. It, just to go in allegedly with, allegedly with the with the you know, just watch because it's you know it's interesting especially the bondage this place it was called the 1863 club i believe mm-hmm. where you could go in and just watch and i that stuff's way too much for me i don't really like that but um 
This guy that I dated, uh, one of his friends was very big into that, and he would actually fly in from out of town and be like wrapped in saran wrap and whipped with a um, riding prop. Weird fucking shit goes on. I'm not really sure. Like a dude that would fly into Atlanta to meet his dominatrix and the things that would happen, I, I would hear this and I'd be like, wait, he did what? Like, what in the fucking fuck goes on in some of these things? Anyway, but it would be fascinating to check out once. I'd be in for that. Um, so, we've gotten off on a little bit of a tangent. We're really sorry. So, I'm going to circle. I'm going to circle. Yeah, but I'm going to circle this back to um, Frank Burns' annual party that he has with Slappy and Sad. Uh, which is another fantastic law firm here in Atlanta that does also workers' comp and personal injury and med mal and bad faith law and all the things. Um, so Scott Slappy and Jay Sad, they're great, and they have had an annual party with Frankie Burns. Uh, you used to do it by yourself a long time ago, um, but they they joined forces, and it's probably the most anticipated fun party of the year definitely it's the end of the summer happy hour uh and it has probably 90 percent of the judges in town come and every long i would say all i mean across the board all different lawyers you've really cultivated an amazing group of people and it is fun as shit so how did that come about well thank you for saying that it, it um it started when I started my practice 22 years ago, and I just thought, well, I just started this up. And, and uh, Skate, Jot, and Jay, and Scott were yes. implemental in that. They, they helped me. They gave me. They gave me an office. I told them it was a broom closet, and Jay said you can pay for it. I said, okay, it's still a broom closet, but they, they, they <laughs> there's no me. windows. The windows. They 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 really did help me get started. And um, I had this little party at Twist in Buckhead, right next to the tavern. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess he maybe 20, 30 people showed up. You know, my parents were there. And lots of oh, and your parents are still there, though. They, well, they have been there before. They, oh, I've yeah. Met they them. used to come to my party I've all met the time. They used to come to my party all the time. But so the party was so small that I looked at the bill and I knew who was there Mark Thomas, all the scotch. He had like five, <laughs> five drinks. You know, Buckaloo was there. You know, he was drinking some lager or something. Right. So it was that small. So it grew. And then the next year I had it at another place and it grew. And then I it came to Midtown and it grew. And then um, eventually after years, we, we ended up going to hotels. I mean, the W Hotel and Lowe's Hotel, that one was a big one. But I then, met you at that one. Did you? I th- th- Was that 07? Oh, man, I can't even. Keep, I mean, it was a long time been, ago. I think been. it was 07. And uh, we had had a case together because I was doing defense working at Moore Ingram. And, uh, yes, I showed up at that party, and it was wild. It was it was super fun. but And then we had a big one at St. Regis. That's the one that kind of blew everything up and went nuts and crazy. And from there, uh, it cost me so much money. that They, they gave me the suite at St. Regis. <laughs> They're I, like... <laughs> You actually just uh, spent X amount of dollars here. You're much like a gambler in yeah, Vegas. Here's a free They're like, here's suite. a suite for you. You've earned it. it I, I knew when I woke up that next morning, kind of blurry eyed, and I woke up and I, the lady called me and she said, Mr. Burns, what a wonderful group of attorneys you have. Oh, Jesus. And, and you I'm, were like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. And I'm going, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm glad, you know. But Mr. Burns, you, there's one thing you told me that really didn't happen. You said that there would be some people that get there at 6 p.m. And leave at seven. 
No. Others would show up at 7, leave at maybe 7 or 8, 8.30, whatever. And then some people would stay late. And she said, oh, Mr. Burns. Everyone. They came at 6. Stayed late. never went home. Nope. Never went home. And I didn't start crying then. <laughs> <laughs> because they also didn't stop drinking. They continued to drink the entire time they were there. The entire time. And, when and I that stayed, is not a cheap place to drink. Oh, my God. Good Did grief. you declare bankruptcy that year and reorganize? Well, all I know is when I asked her, I, said, I just told her, I said, so, ma'am, so just can you just break the news to me? What's the damage uh-huh. all this? And she said, oh, Mr. Burns, this will take several days to calculate. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, went, I went, oh, God. I'm going to. You're like, are people still drinking on my tab this morning? Oh, can you God. collect this from my estate if I were to throw myself out the window of the suite at the St. Regis? Fuck. <laughs> So then I had to go and grovel to Jay Sad and Scott Slappy. Oh, I love to, them. To have them um, please. So so they were all prepared. So Scott, Jay was prepared. Scott was there too. And I walked in their office and they knew what I was going <laughs> to. Hey guys, hey. do you have any? How was? Did you guys enjoy the party? It was so fun, right? You got, everybody got to meet a bunch of people and see a lot of judges that we all knew, and everything was great. It was great for cultivating personal relationships and working relationships. So uh, <clears throat> here's the receipt for the uh, shit show that went on the other night. Can we divide it by three? Thanks, guys. Please. Well, Jay, Jay was not going to divide that one, but I told him no. what it was. And then I, and then he stepped back in his chair like this. And I went. <laughs> I fucking love Jay. So, Jay, so don't you think that, I'm just thinking that if we did this together, it would really be great and, you know, it'd be good marketing for your firm, too. And he said, wait a second, Frank. So you mean Scott and I are going to pay for half of your party, <laughs> the Frank Burns party? And I went, yeah. well, no, 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 it'll it's be your now going to be the Slappy Sad Burns party. That's right. Is what it's going to be. We're actually going to name it that, and your names can go first. And that's totally fine. That's I'm exactly what happened. See, I knew it. Yep. And I'm still mad about it. I know, I know, but so, you're okay. We I'm know okay. you were you were the you were the OG. That's how I met okay. you when it was the Burns party. But I was. Thinking the larger that it got, it was going to bankrupt your fucking ass mm. because uh, most attorneys that we know are raging alcoholics, and they can they they're not like I want Smirnoff. They're like I would like Grey Goose, and I would like twelve of them. So it's not a cheap party for you all to have. And I, as I recall, you two get there early and stay late every time. So I've had pictures with you every single oh, yeah. time. So I always get there right when it starts we because do. it gets so it gets very crowded. Packed. Yeah, it does. There's and so you have to be careful. You don't want to get stuck with a creeper. And like, Mm-mm. and I do like it at Hudson Grill. It just gets hard if you like. Sometimes you just can't get out of the room that you're in, and you yeah. get stuck with. Well, they also have pool tables, mm-hmm. which then I can, if I'm feeling feisty, teach some some of the younger boys how to play pool, mm-hmm. which is always fun to. 28-year-olds. Give them a little lesson. No, we're talking about like 22-year-olds. Oh, These are yeah. not like ones that I'm like talking to in a yeah. manner. I'm just wanting to instruct them that uh, moms are better than them at pool because we're older. Sorry. Well, I will say it is good marketing for my law firm. Oh, I'm sure. People yeah. always ask me, so why do you do it, Burns? How do you get cases? I'm going, I get cases because everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And but it, it's also, yeah. I, I want to say this because we have a lot of clients that will say, um, you know, they'll, they'll come to us and they'll be like, well, why were you friendly with that defense attorney? Why did you know that defense attorney? Why did you, why were you joking with the judge? Why are all of those things, right? Because for a lot of clients, it's a very personal nature. It is, um, it, it's also very antagonistic for them with their employers. 
Um, but I think what a lot of lay people don't understand is that the closer you are with the defense attorneys and the more personally you know the judges, it's so much better for your clients. Mm -hmm. Like my friends on the defense side are always going to put more money on a case if it's with me, with my client, than they are with an attorney that they just battle every single thing out with. And it's they're gonna ask for more money from their clients. Like it's, it's all about relationships in our business because it's a small bar. And I think that you know a lot of injured workers or people that are on the personal injury side who have been in a car accident, they don't realize that, that if you are friendly with the attorneys on the other side, it is going to benefit them so much more in the long run on their case. And what you two do that I've noticed, and, and y'all know this, is that y'all, you, you two, number one, are doing this, which is huge, but y'all, there's not many parties that y'all will miss that are law-related and because y'all are so friendly and nice to everybody, um, but y'all are wonderful in getting out and doing the, what they call networking. Yeah. And my hat's off to y'all for that because that's a big deal, and it is. You know, and it's also the doctors, right? Aren't those oh, it's huge. Relationships? Oh, yeah. Didn't you I mean, recently yeah, one last night, and I left with two doctor cell phone numbers. Like, I mean, and that's priceless to be able to, you know, text somebody that's about to see one of your clients and be like, hey, remember me? Right. Such and such is going to come see you tomorrow. Like, and it's not even that I want him to do me a favor. I just want him to treat my clients with like, kindness. With respect. Yeah. So, in the in the workers' comp setting, you have things called nurse pay, you have people called nurse case managers. And uh, a long time ago, well, not that much long time ago. I mean, it's since I've been practicing, but they used to not be able to be involved in the case unless uh, you acquiesced to it and gave permission for them to talk to the doctor, or unless it was a catastrophic injury case. Now, <clears throat> due to some shenanigans at the board and and rule changes and things they can actually go in and meet with the doctor after every single appointment that an injured worker goes to right so they can't actually get into the room at the same time as the injured worker unless they give their permission but they can meet with the doctor afterwards um, what a lot of times the doctors don't understand is if they give some sort of light duty release like even if they say he can do sedentary and pick up a phone even though the guy's a truck driver with a GED he's not gonna be answering anybody's phone um, and you know doing a receptionist job that ends up limiting his uh, ability to receive income benefits and actually reduces his income benefits pretty quickly thereafter within a year so by having the relationship with the doctors from the get-go you can nip that in the bud quickly so we are at every doctor thing we are talking with the doctors we are explaining those things we've actually done lunch and learns with doctors offices to say this is the fuckery that the employer insurer will try to do so call us before you give that work release call us before so we can discuss it so you can at least understand the ramifications it has on our clients yeah i had huge. one call me last summer i was on vacation he called me he was like hey I've got a nurse case manager in the office right now who's telling me that your client can't be in this meeting. And I go, no, 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 no. So I pull up the rule and I go, this is the rule. I was like, actually, it's like, and it's really up to the doctors, but she cannot tell my client not to be there. I was like, you're the doctor. You technically. You have the choice. You can say, actually, I'm not going to meet with you without the patient being in the mm -hmm. room because I'm uncomfortable about right. this. And he can say to the patient, like, I want to meet with the nurse case manager privately. But I was like, but I will caution you. If you tell my client that you are not going to let them be in the room, it just creates an extreme level of distrust and you're their doctor. Yep. So I'm not telling you you have to have my client in the room because it's your call. But you can't 
Like, don't ruin that relationship. Right. Like, it just, like, be a doctor. Our clients are trusting you to, like, treat them. Be an advocate for the patient. And so he did. So he let my clients stay. See? That's fantastic. And then I did get a nasty gram from defense counsel who said that I did not correctly state the law. And then I promptly sent him back a summary of the applicable you say, hey, dickface, here's actually verbatim. Here's the actual rule. Go yeah. fuck it. I was like, here's the rule, and here's the holding in McRae. I told the doctor the right thing. Sorry, he has my cell phone number. Bye. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again, but so we do do these networking things, and you are a huge proponent of that. And, again, you have a large party where you bring everybody together. You bring all of the administrative law judges from the workers' comp board. Um, a lot all the doctors of the are directors, there. The doctors are there. It, it provides such a phenomenal opportunity for all lawyers of all sides, defense and plaintiff, to get together and communicate about things. I mean, like, you know how many cases have been settled <laughs> at your at party? Your party. Yeah, right. And so it is, I think, for anybody who's listening that's going through a workers' comp case that has their own case and or a personal injury case, like, and you see or you hear about your attorney talking to opposing counsel or golfing with opposing counsel, any of those things, fuck, the more they do that, the better it is for your case. I promise you that doesn't so mean then. that they don't have your best interest at heart because they do but that personal relationship will always benefit you and that's something clients get upset with me sometimes is that i'm always very close and cordial with the defense counsel because we're kind of out there joking around hey it was fun doing this that and the other and then with the mediators you always are but I'll, i always tell them before mm -hmm. say, look i'm going to be nice to this defense lawyer mm -hmm. i don't always like them but um but I want to be nice to him because it works better that way, right? And that's right. how y'all are, mm -hmm. too. I actually yeah. know how well y'all do that. So it, that is something. But when you actually get them to a party and you get them drunk, like real drunk, oh, yeah. that that um, that helps. And then they <laughs> that, I mean, it does help. Yeah, it does. Um, what, um, outside of just the party, what advice do you have to young lawyers that are like, I think I want to be a plaintiff's attorney? What the, what I, the advice I'd give to them would be is if they have some experience already working for a defense firm or if they're super smart and went to Harvard to call me. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. They're coming to work with me and Rebecca. If they're a woman, you're done. I'm, I'm, I mean, and Todd. We have Todd, obviously. Todd, love <laughs> we love Todd. Todd. Well, Todd, is. we can all agree, is the most brilliant workers' comp lawyer actually there is. Oh, I didn't know that. I just hired him today. To work Go fuck yourself. No, I don't. I just hired him to work for me on a case. Oh, you mean for to do appellate work? No, he's gonna. You're not gonna try a case. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, he'll try a case. He's fucking I brilliant. Know. Yeah, you should. And I'm paying your firm. I know. I mean, I, Todd is. is. Everybody should snatch up Todd I while they Todd. can. But Todd will never leave us because we are fun to work we with. We have so much fun. He brings it. me coffee every day at 2. Does he? Yeah, mm -hmm. he does. He yep. does always come in my office. He's like, do you want some coffee? I'm like, guy. God, I love you, Todd. Thank you. Yes, I do want coffee. I got to go to the Court of Appeals with him. And he, we won. It yeah, because he does not yeah. fuck around. He's good. He's, good. He's, good man. He's very smart. So speaking of Todd, really, uh, okay, well, sorry. Go back to the, um, I, I don't want to shorten that. Of what, what referral advice would you have for... A young, say a defense attorney, because, right, we all, all three of us came from the defense side, so we learned it on the That's defense right. side. We practiced over there for a long time. What would you uh, recommend, any sort of advice for a uh, defense attorney who's probably, you know, disgruntled and tired of fucking injured workers all the time and wants to actually come over to see the light? What sure, would you say on sure. starting their own firm? I, I would tell them, first of all, that they, they, and I was told this when I went out on my own, is, is be prepared to go into an area where you don't have a regular check 
technically. I mean, you, you get you get paid a nice salary, but you have to work for what you get. And to be successful, you have to not necessarily bring in business to the beginning, but you have to work the case, do a good job with the client, and you have to deal and talk to a lot of clients who are total, absolute pain in the ass. Oh, every lots, single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have yeah. to be nice to them and know how to chat with them. Because they're very, they're, I mean, very, like, most of them are lovely people that are just going through the most difficult time yeah. in their entire lives. They're injured, and they don't have money. Like You're the person they want to call to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. You're a therapist 90% of the time. 10% you're a lawyer and fighting over the law. 90% of the time you're making them feel better. So you, fi- you find the person, and that's how I found my lawyers. I won't say who it was, but at depositions sometimes, I like a defense lawyer who's taking a deposition. I'm going, I like this person. They've got that kind of personality. I think there will be a wonderful, wonderful um, claimant's lawyer, and that may or may not have been the first lawyer I ever hired that Sarah Stoudemire stole. <laughs> Um, after eight years. What's a defense lawyer he willingly came with me, <laughs> and then we were we practiced together for a month while I was, I mean, almost borderline dead with preeclampsia. And then he, I think I was on my third day back from attorney leave, and uh, he was going to Morgan and Morgan. So I, I really don't feel like I had any part in this. I would just go ahead and blame Morgan and Morgan for this. I was mad at him for leaving you. I know you were. You were pissed as so shit. What the hell are you doing, Rob? Yeah. You know well, those guys? Well, I mean, I mean, oh, I mean you know, whoever it was. Rob Smith. But I, yeah, Rob Smith. Um, I think, you know, it's there is something to say for um, when attorneys have a family and there's a regular pipeline, right? Like a guaranteed pipeline. The big firms do have guaranteed pipelines. You do not have to drive all over signing up clients. You do not have to worry about where your next thing is coming because they're spending a million dollars a month on advertising. So, that pipeline is strong, and it is a very big lure for some attorneys. And this this lawyer, by the way, has done, and Rebecca knows this, extremely well. He's a very good lawyer. Yeah. Great He's lawyer. He's a great lawyer. Guy. And, and a lovely lawyer. person. Yeah, I love him. Um, and everything works out for the best, so I'm not mad about but it. But I work I'm great. Him. I mean, have you met my partner? I love her, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, very she's much pretty so. fucking cute. Yes, yeah. yes. I love her. Oh, thanks. She's guys. a lovely person. Um, so we've got... Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about. So we've got the um, Chairman's Advisory Committee, which I know we've talked about on um, different podcasts and things, but it is something that uh, the Chairman of the State Board of Workers' Comp puts together. He selects who's on those different committees. There's, I don't know, probably seven or eight different committees, but one of them, Rebecca, is was up until this year the only female on Legislative Committee, which actually changes the laws. Um, she's still the only attorney on that committee and then uh frank you serve on the rules committee which todd is actually uh who's with us is the chairman of the rules committee but explain a little bit what the rules committee is and that's interesting i didn't and i didn't know that about you the legislative committee that you're only lawyer but only um, girl lawyer. only female of course you have that yeah yeah but um funny enough i started on the rules committee way back mm-hmm. um and then way back in the day, and then I was asked to go back to the legislative, and I did that for a while, and then, um, I mean, the Rules Committee, the last, I don't know how many years, but it was a big deal that we had a claimant's attorney chosen to be the chairman. Mm-hmm. Huge. Very big deal. Huge. Huge. Hasn't happened in God knows how many years. I don't think it's ever fucking happened. Uh, Has it happened? So. No. No. Well, and Todd is such a, a perfect fit for that, because Todd is not a crazy claimant's attorney. He's such a rule follower too. Oh, yeah. he's, he's all so about smart. equity. I yell at him actually in our office most days. I'll be like, 
Well, can't you just fucking do this? Like, because I feel like you can, because I mean, like in history, if it were to repeat itself, you actually can do that if you would like to do that. And he was like, I don't really feel like that's equitable. Mm -mm. And I'm like, fuck, God, you're such a good person. Womp, womp. He he is. And and I'm telling you, the last meeting, which was recent, I went to. You only went last week? Yeah, it was last Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it was was fantastic. It went on for a long time. And, um, but. Todd knows how to handle it. He knows what to do. He knows how to do all those things. So um, it's fun. But what they do is, and we talked about this briefly earlier, is that which is great for the state of Georgia because the legislature does allow the state board and the people that um, that work within to make the laws. Mm-hmm. And also, we get to pick our own rules, and the chairman gets to, to uh, allow those rules to take place. So that's special, and I think that's why our system works so well. And I think it's— Now, historically, that's not always been no, true. No. But it's also not been true even with the rules committee. Sometimes a former chairman has selected certain rules that they felt would be most convenient for employers and insurers and just gone ahead and rammed that shit down everybody's throat. I mean, that would be an accurate reflection. At times, that's happened— in the you past. refer to that as is a shit show, a complete fucking shit show. Yes, <laughs> but it does seem like right That's now yeah. there is uh-huh. a good balance, and I feel like our claimants' attorneys are doing a very good job of kind of standing up and fighting back when those things happen. And now that Todd's at the helm, it also makes it a lot easier. It's amazing. I think so. Um, we're supposed to operate with consensus, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, consensus does not mean as historically consensus has meant which the employers insurers reps have agreed and the one or two claimants attorneys on those um committees have said no we don't agree and they'd be like eh, majority rules sorry consensus now actually means consensus mean on consensus. a lot of those things um with uh, our new chairman and so it means everybody has to say okay we think that's a pretty good idea so it actually stymies uh some of the things where where the claimants bar is trying to um, rectify certain wrongs that were made in the past that got done, needless to say, without consensus, um, because everybody's trying to do with consensus. So it's like every, it's either all or nothing, you know. Um, but I do think that a lot of the committee chairs, uh, Todd and then Bobby Potter, who is uh, the chairman of the legislative committee that Rebecca serves on, I think they do a phenomenal job of trying to find common ground and get things passed that will actually better the system mm-hmm. altogether. And what's happened, you were president. Yeah. You were president of the GTLA, WCCL. The I'm WCCL. still president. Oh, my God. Through May. Not much longer. Dear not- God, it's <laughs> it's been decades. Will you kick me off, please? Yeah, no. Uh-uh. No, Begging you can go you fuck to. yourself. You're but- stuck. <laughs> But but uh, just but till May. Then just till May, I'm done. Yeah. But, then uh, you can be done. I think get... everybody. I've actually made a deal with the devil with several different claimants lawyers. I was like, you just have to stay on through my term. As soon as my term's over, do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, you're like, I'm out. But but you did a very good job with the liaison committee and all that to allow things to chill a little bit. Mm-hmm. And 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 we see that. And with Todd being the chairman and being more conciliatory, uh, it's worked out very well. So. Kudos to you for well, your job. Well, I appreciate that. But you have a lot of, um, you know, you've got a lot of different personalities on all of these committees. Obviously, you have employer insurer reps, and then you've got claimants attorneys. But within the claimants bar alone, you've got a huge swing from, you know, left to the right, and m- most everywhere kind of in the middle. Um, and it is difficult to manage all of those personalities because everybody really wants the same thing. But people have different ideas on how to go about it, whether it be nuclear 
or compromise or saying, okay, we're going to give on this if you give us that kind of thing. So it's, it's, um, I did not realize, and I blame John Sweet. We had, um, and he's the one who got me to do claimant's work in the first place because I was a defense attorney. But uh, he's since passed away, but he's kind of the godfather of workers' comp in Georgia, and he was this brilliant, amazing, kind man who was kind of like a second dad to me. He loved you. He was, I mean, he, he, was, he was legitimately the light of my life, but he um, decided he... He said I had to come to the claimant side, and then he said that I had to uh, run to be president, and so I did that. Is that why you did that? Uh-huh. And I blame him uh, a lot of times <laughs> for it. I, I'm like, if you were still alive, I would actually come to your house and possibly punch you in the nuts because this sucks. And he had such a great attitude about all of it, though, all the time. Brian Bucklew is one of our friends. It was, he was also his kind of second dad um, and really took a, a good portion of the workers' comp claimants attorney bar under, their, under his wing to uh, teach them and mentor them and be so phenomenal. But I do, there are times, um, I remember the night before I was testifying in front of the House Industry and Labor Committee, and I was nervous as shit. I mean, and when I get nervous, my stomach goes to hell, right? So I'm in the bathroom a lot. And I was like sitting there and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, what if I shit myself <laughs> testifying in front of the House Industry and Labor Committee? This is going to be terrible, <laughs> right? It's all recorded. It's like fuck it on anyway. It's going to be bad. And that, that's always my major fear as a public speaker. And I sat there and I go, John, you fucking fuck. I swear to God, this is your fault. So you better work from wherever the fuck you are on calming down my tummy and making it so I sound at least somewhat intelligible when I am testifying in front of all these legislators. And sure enough, the next day, so Bobby Potter was there as well. He was kind of arguing on the other side, but he was super respectful and lovely. Um, and up right before I got up to testify, like everything got calm and everything was fine. And shockingly enough, I did not shit myself in front of the legislature, which is always good. But John Sweet is the reason why I am the fucking president of WCCL because he talked me into it and made me come over. So I'm very proud. Um, I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of you. By thank the way. you. May well, I do one thing real quick? Oh yeah, absolutely. Before, before we close, I, I don't know if we're almost done we're yet. We can talk for days. Yeah, yeah. So I would like to um, propose a toast, which means everybody has to have one more of these. Right. You're going to give me a DUI yeah, leaving yeah, from no this fucking recording studio. I will represent you. Okay, thank you. Here's one right there. All right, well, who are we toasting to? Um, we are going to toast to... John Sweet. John Sweet. Obviously, First and one. foremost. And yep. then we're going to toast to this show, Lawyers and Libations. And then we're going to toast to Sarah and Rebecca. Oh, Who are so sweet. very sweet to invite old Frank Burns over here. Oh, we know and we I'm, love some Frank Burns. Frank, we actually love you more than life. It's so funny. the best ever. Uh, thank love you. you. Thank you for coming on. We, we couldn't love you more. So Ooh, cheers, Lordy. everybody. Cheers. Another. Another one. Ugh. Woo. These go down pretty well. Just you know, my father-in-law comes tonight, so this is actually perfect, perfect preparation. I'll be at a middle school dance. Woo. You're welcome. Uh, well, thanks Got for joining it. us. I hope they play Get Low. Maybe oh, I'll just point. show up and surprise Adeline. She'll be so excited. Maybe they'll, somebody will bring their hot 28-year-old cousin. Oh, God, Rebecca, cousin. I'm going to murder you. I mean, just I'm case. not ever dating again, I've decided. Boy I'm just toy. Gonna become, Boy toy. I'm just going to become asexual and a nun. You're welcome.
I doubt that. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us for Lawyers and Libations. Thank you, and thank you so much to Frank Burns. God damn it, we do love you so much. You're a wonderful person, and we're very happy to have you on our side and to be one of our dearest friends. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Love to come back. I think we need to bring Buckaloo. Oh, Buckaloo's coming. We can just wear him out. Yeah, oh, we can. So we should play golf next week, too. So let's get that on the calendar. You and our partners. Okay, deal. And Buckaloo and I are partners right now. Always. I mean, it happens. But, I I mean, we're we're actually partners. We actually support each other. Y'all will be in the same cart. She will come block me as I pee Lots under of the bridge, yep. uh, which I have to. I don't understand why the fuck they won't put a goddamn porta potty out on like one of the holes. Come on, man! Like literally, I have to go squat under a bridge to go to it the is bathroom. Weird they just there. don't have one right there. It's so dumb. If you were listening, Bobby Jones, can you just yeah. put Bobby Jones just put Bobby. like a, just a one porta potty. potty like just halfway through, mm-hmm. like on on hole four? Doesn't have to be fancy. No, I will <laughs> use a porta potty like a champ. I just mm-hmm. need to pee because I've had some drinks. Yep. I think you like the bridge. I, well, all, the, what makes me nervous is the guys with the viewfinders. <laughs> that concerns me at all times. I'm like, those damn viewfinders, they can see me! Oh, anyway, wow. uh, but sorry, another tangent. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We greatly appreciate it, and we will see you next week. Yeah, might as well. Might as We're well. not traveling next week, so we could totally do it again. I know, I'm here for like three weeks. Nailed it. Anyway, Yay. thanks for joining. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. Support for Extra 1063 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required.